Welcome to episode 556 of the show. Now that we're done with the detours of yesterday and the day after, I can't remember what the topics were. That's the detour that we made. We're now going to get back to wrapping up uh, our conversations on customer retention. So I believe on customer retention, um, we had done an episode where we explored how Uh, Before you get customers to stay and be loyal, you need to find out if they're happy in the first place and if they were able to achieve success with your product or your service, if they got um, the brand promise, essentially, that um, the brand promise that your uh, product or service offers. So if this is your first time of listening to the podcast, after you're done listening to this episode, look for prior episodes. You You probably won't have to scroll back too far, maybe five or ten episodes. Okay, no, we had two de- detours. So let's have, let's say 10 episodes, definitely. And you're going to catch the whole conversation that we've been having on customer retention, how to get customers to stay. And first of all, trying to make sure that they were happy with the product, the service, the experience that they got with us, and that our product or service was indeed um, helpful to helping them achieve their goals. So uh, if my memory serves me correct, I think we have gone through... Um, we've gone through customer satisfaction. I was trying to figure out if they're happy. And now we're on customer success. And that is uh, trying to gauge if the customer got what they bargained for. Now, the reason why this is important is obvious. Because if a customer didn't get what they bargained for, if the product was poor, if the service was less than stellar or not quite what they expected, if the whole thing was inadequate in any way, then it's going to lead to attrition. Now, what attrition means basically is that your customers, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, what that means basically is that your customers are uh, falling off and um, that leads to uh, no repeat business and no referrals, obviously, because if your customers fall off, if they leave, they start ghosting you, they stop picking up your phone call, they move to your competitors, then of course, no repeat business, no referrals. And another downside about that is that it makes maintaining consistent profits really hard because keeping your profits um, stable uh, for most businesses depends on you having a constant payroll of people doing business with you again and again and again. So if you're a baker, for instance, and most of the people only do business with you once, then you're finding it hard to maintain your profits because you can't... um, You can't uh, forecast what profits might be next month or in two months and you're constantly trying to run promos and looking for new people to come into the store. But if you have a steady set of people that you can bank on, let's say you did um, the wedding cake for the bride and she was real happy and then uh, for the gender reveal, they came back for a cake and then for uh, the delivery, um, no not the delivery, what's it called? The naming ceremony, they come back for another cake. And then the birthday party, uh, they come back for another cake. And um, maybe there's something going on in the bride's office and she recommends you. And then there's another cake for the end of year party. I'm sure you get the picture. So in this case, because you've done a good job in your business as a baker, you have one bride. And over the course of two years, let's say two years or two and a half years, she's gotten five cakes from you. And within that time, she's also made some referrals, you know, spoken to her colleagues, uh, her sisters, her aunt, um, whatever. So imagine how um, easy your business life would be if after five years of business as a baker, having attended to dozens and dozens of brides, 
you have a core loyal group of maybe 15 or 20 people like this who are constantly um, looking for ways to shout you out to bring you business and uh, always um, coming back so that's the idea um, why uh, customer success is good and we need to make sure that um, we get rid of attrition and attrition is people falling out of our pipeline and who no longer want to do business with us so how do you figure out uh, if the customers are happy and just like with customer satisfaction unfortunately you have to put in the work you have to ask them and that's because most people don't say whether they've had a good experience or a bad experience and that is something that is nearly universal when it comes across um, cuts across different cultures so whether in america or canada or nigeria or zimbabwe uh, there are some people who will go out of their way to say dude you did a very good job i was impressed with this i was impressed with that and they'll give you that unsolicited feedback but those people are a minority also, there are some people who are going to pick up the phone or go to your office and shout you down and say, I can't believe you did this, uh, this was crap, this was crap, this was crap, that was crap. Well, thankfully, those people are also um, a minority. Well, the problem is, um, like I mentioned in previous podcasts, uh, the people who have had a bad experience, while most of them won't come to the office or pick up the phone or confront you in any way, they will tell other people that, look, I dealt with Simon, um, I dealt with Cecilia, uh, she was crap, uh, the cake tasted like crap, uh, the wedding photos were crap, the bags of cement that they sold me, um, half of them were wet, uh, you know, all kinds of things. So, uh, the only way to find out if... Um, they got what they bargained for if they achieve customer success is to call them and um okay well not to call them but rather to ask them and engage so how do you engage engage with what a default that people like to do is customer satisfaction surveys that you send over the email and if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time you know that that is not my preferred option after you're done listening to this episode just um, skip back and look for the uh, customer satisfaction survey episode i think that's definitely more like five episodes back and you will see all the reasons why i don't think customer satisfaction surveys are a good idea at least uh, the way that most people practice them and at the end of that episode i gave my own recommendation about how you can come up with the um, hybrid method where you call people first to get all the relevant data and um, how that can uh, inform the actual design of your uh, your survey, whether it's uh, an email or a multiple choice thing in Google Forms or uh, something that you code into your website or what have you. Okay, so customer satisfaction surveys, that's the default that most people will um, will do. Like uh, Zenith Bank, for instance, you know, putting up that window when you're done with the transaction. How happy were you with this transaction? Uh, extremely happy, happy, not happy at all, sad, disappointed. And uh, for Zenith Bank, well, at least they try to make this fun because it's just smiley faces with the tags at the bottom. And then you hit the uh, corresponding smiley face. So um, let's see what else. So it doesn't have to be an actual survey like Zenith Bank has shown. Zenith Bank is a bank in Nigeria for those of you who are non-Nigerian um, listeners. So that's how they do their thing. When you're done with the online banking transaction, the next page that comes up is... Um, is that page with the labels and with the smileys and i guess it's a good thing that they did that because if 
the next page that popped up was titled customer satisfaction survey i think most people will just click away but since it's smileys with the description under if you've had a really crappy experience you know the transaction didn't go through the website kept crashing whatever you can just hit that um, red angry smiley and then they know that um, they have a problem so next um after customer satisfaction surveys uh, it's my favorite which is um, a debrief where you call up the customer and the whole point of the debrief is to say uh what's up thank you for doing business with us uh really appreciate your custom um hope everything went okay what did we get right what did we do wrong what did you think we could have done better that's the whole idea of a customer um, debrief when you uh, make them phone calls and you're going to get lots of um, valuable intel from that then you can also conduct the debrief over email try not to make the emails too lengthy oh sorry for those of you uh who can hear it, i'm not sure if it's bleeding in the background it's time for prayers and so the um what are they called the the people who shout from the minarets in the mosque so they're doing the call to prayer so that's what the noise in the background is um let's see where was i okay customer satisfaction surveys are done with that phone calls for debrief yes now email so the uh, debrief email is essentially the same. You're sending emails to say thank you very much for your business. We want to be sure that um, you are happy with the experience. What did we get right? What could we have done better? Um, stuff like that. But for email, remember, keep it short. Don't make it uh, lengthy. If this is your first time of listening to the podcast, uh, scroll back another five episodes. And I think, yes, scroll back another five episodes. And there definitely was an email episode I did. Oh, yes. One of the detours that I did actually was on the whole thing about email so look for something that has email in the title that was published recently and you will get all the you'll get the lowdown from there then um apart from this the survey the phone call and the email you can also make it part of your normal um follow-up routine uh, and uh the follow-up routine is going to be implementation based and it depends on your product or your service cycle now, let me explain what I mean by implementation based. Most products or services have um, sort of like um, a series of uh, steps or processes that you do before and then afterwards. Now, I'm not talking about regular stuff like bread and eggs, you know, uh, consumer goods, because if you buy bread or eggs, what happens is that you're going to eat them. But for other things like people, uh, let's say like electronics, for instance, or cement. If someone buys cement from you, the typical thing is that the person is going to use that cement to build um, something. If the person buys a phone, the person is going to use the phone to uh, make phone calls, uh, what else, take um, photos, uh, you know, what have you, whatever it is that people bought it for. And if someone buys a car, of course, the person buys the car because they want to move their family members around or use that to support their business and... Um, yeah, I'm sure you get the picture. So people are buying something to do something else. Now, in the process of implementation, depending on your product or service or industry, there's kind of like a common sense window through which, uh, from which you can reach out to people to figure out how things are going. Now, let's go through the car example. Someone buys a car from you brand new in Nigeria with how uh, the roads are, uh, especially if you live in uh, Lagos or Abuja, um okay let me move abuja from the picture let's say you live in lagos or port harcourt um you know high traffic areas uh, you'd find that most people can get away with using the car for about three months before they service so if you're a sharp businessman and you sell cars to people it kind of will make sense that if you sell the car today 
in January to someone, then you should be making a phone call in March. Is it March or April? That's three months. January, February, March. Let's say April. You should be making a phone call March or April to say, what's up? How you doing? How you doing? How's the car? I hope there are no problems. Uh, you've done the first servicing. Everything is okay. You know, blah, blah, blah. That sort of thing. Now, in the process of making these kinds of follow-ups, which are um, uh, based on the um, product or service cycle, you're going to get to, you're going to be able to find out quite a lot. If someone was unhappy because he got the car, and before the first uh, two months, uh, the engine um, got knocked, it's a nice thing to know, because if you're not being fraudulent, then that means that the people who are upstream selling you the cars are giving you crappy products and it's something that it would help if you know now rather than having people buy cars from you the engines kept getting knocked and then everybody keeps saying you know that guy chukudi don't buy cars from him he's a fraudster because most people at least in nigeria anyway they will just say well it was my fault i didn't do due diligence i bought a crappy car i should have been wiser chukudi is a fraudulent guy and that's how they'll um, leave it. And then you have people going all over the city, besmirching your reputation. And then you wonder why after selling cars in a particular city, let's say you've been selling cars in PH, uh, that's Port Harcourt, for let's say seven years, you wonder why uh, your business is not moving. It's because you have an army of people who are angry going around saying that you sell crap cars. So, um, yeah, you should be doing follow-up based on implementation cycles, and it also applies to service-based people as well. So, if you're an accountant and you do audits uh, for people, um, okay, well, I don't know how this whole accounting thing works, so this is me just guessing. So, accountants, please do not take me to task on this. So, let's say you file papers for someone, and uh, it is customary that uh, the Federal Inland Revenue Service, I think, in Nigeria, that's what we call ours, FIRS, so, I say it's customary that they get the papers and then after two months they acknowledge that they got the papers and then if there's any problem and they want to call you in for an audit to explain your account, uh, let's say that whole process takes two months, then as an accountant you should know that if you file papers for anyone in January, then you should be calling them in February or March to say, uh, what's up, has the Inland Revenue Service acknowledged, um, what correspondence have they had with you um, after that? Uh, are they calling for an audit? Um, um, you know, stuff like that, basically. So during these kinds of conversations, whether you sell cars or you're an accountant, you're going to be able to figure out was the, the, the customer got what they bargained for when they bought the car or when, or when, when they engaged your accounting services. Now, uh, there's also in-person visits. Should you do that? And I would say a definite yes. That is for really big accounts because there are some... People that are high rollers that do business with you, so definitely want to pay more attention than you do to the regular, um, uh, regular folks. And the in-person visit, the the purpose of it is going to be the same as the debrief and all the things that we've been talking about. So let's say back to the Al Haji Dal example that I came up with when we had the customer satisfaction episode. If this is your first time of listening to the podcast, uh, that's definitely like five or six episodes back. You don't have to scroll a photo for too long. So back in that Al-Haji Dalhatu episode, uh, so with all the cement he buys because he is a developer in Abuja and all the different estates that he's building and stuff like that, it would make sense to pop in once in a while, maybe once or twice a year. You just say, Al-Haji, how far? Uh, are you in the office? I was in the area. I said, let me just pass through. And then you pass through. 
you sit down, you say hello, house business, small talk, elections, this, 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 that, that, that. And then, of course, you get into the nitty-gritty. Um, I hope there's no problem with the cement that we've been delivering you guys. I hope they've been arriving in good condition. I want to be sure that my boys have been delivering the cement on time, that they're not late. We've not been holding up your uh, development schedule, your building schedule, blah, blah, blah. You know, have all those conversations. And then when you leave the office, Alahaji uh, Dalhatu will think to himself that, man, this Chukudi or this Kemi, she's a real sharp girl. She's a go-getter. She's professional. She knows business. Um, and when next somebody wants to handle a large project and they say, oh, Alhaji, who do you use? Alhaji can confidently say, call Kemi. I say, ah, Kemi, but she's a girl. I say, don't worry. Forget that she's a girl. She's the one that I've been using. I used her on this project, on this estate, on this estate. They've never failed me. They live on time. They're like this, they're like this, they're like this. Call Kemi. And um, those are the kind of things that you can achieve when you um, use all these processes that I've outlined now if you're trying to gauge um, customer success. Now, the final stage, since we're uh, past 15 minutes. What if the customer is happy? Remember... Um, what if they're happy and what if uh, they got what they bargained for? Remember when we started this whole series, the whole thing about customer retention? Since the whole point is customer retention, that they do business with us, now that we are sure that customer satisfaction, we have a pass mark, 80%. Customer success, we have a pass mark, 90%. This is now the time to ask for repeat business or to ask for referrals or to ask for testimonials or to ask for reviews. This is the right time to do that and this is the reason why customer success and customer satisfaction are the foundation of making sure that customers remain with us if they're not happy and if they didn't achieve uh, what it is that they bargained for then we're not going to have loyal customers who stay with us over the long uh, term so thank you very much for listening to episode 556 i'll catch you guys at the next episode